0: Good to be back with you here on a Thursday afternoon. Welcome to Sports Talk. I'm Steve It's He's Adrian Broadus. Together, we've got the next uh, two hours and 20 minutes for you as we get you ready for Thursday night football. That's right. NFL back tonight. NFL Network only, unless you listen here. 600 ESPN El Paso. We've got for you Cincinnati and Cleveland. Somebody's going to win. That should be the catchphrase for tonight's game, Adrian. Somebody's going to win, unless it ends in a tie, which would really suck, because it's happened to these teams over the years. But Cincinnati's 0-1, Cleveland's 0-1, Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrows. I'm I'm excited about it. I think, you know, um, tell you what, Cleveland better win tonight, because if they lose to Joe Burrow and um, the, the Bengals uh, escape, with the victory. Man, I don't want to say heads are going to roll in Cleveland because it's only 2 games into the season, but Browns fans are just going to be wondering, will it ever change? I mean, they were they were they were kind of um, you know, teased last year after the trade for ODB, uh OBJ I should say, and everybody was thinking that he was the answer. He was not. Uh and they're still waiting. And you wonder if uh, tonight could be the start of at least turning this thing around uh, against the Bengals.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a wild game, Steve, because if they lose to the Bengals, I mean, you probably push the panic button if you're a Browns fan. And uh, I don't know if you're really a firm believer in Baker Mayfield or not, but I think all these, uh, you know, primetime games will really be indicators on whether or not he is built for the NFL game. I think that's just the way that you have to put it with Baker Mayfield as a young quarterback.
0: Don't you think, though, that Browns fans have pushed the panic button so much they've kind of worn out the button? I mean, there's really – is there such – can you actually push the panic button anymore or has the panic button broke from so many – uses over uh, the last uh, 30 plus years by Cleveland
1: fans. Yeah, I think now it's almost like a stock market. I think the the I guess um the demand for Baker Mayfield stock is not high right now, and I think that's a key indicator. So maybe Baker's performance tonight or in the coming weeks can sway some Brown fans his way, but I just think they're frustrated all throughout this roster from start to finish.
0: Mm-hmm. I think so too. I think you're 100% right on that. And definitely something we want to talk about with you on the program today. And excited about that. Um, by the way, I would just like to thank all of you who reached out on social media. Um, many of you, and you know who you are, had very nice things to say um, after the show yesterday, which, by the way, Adrian, you did a terrific job. I'm so proud of you, but I'm not surprised because you've done it ever since day one. And that's uh, why I love working with you so much. But uh, you put a terrific piece together, and then uh, the video uh, which you launched last night was was great too, and really enjoyed it. And for everybody that uh, has has uh, you know reached to me uh, on social media or via text and uh, sent uh, so many nice well wishes uh, after the twenty five years I celebrated yesterday. Um, I am indebted to you. I thank all of you, and uh, it's because of you. I'm still here doing this. Let's be honest. I mean, this could have ended a long time ago, but it hasn't, and it's because of all of you. And I appreciate that. So I just wanted to take a moment and, and thank you, Adrian. Thanks, Sal. Uh, thank Kevin at the station, Brad, the whole group, but, uh, you know, also all of our listeners and uh, so many former colleagues of mine that worked at this radio station that have gone on to uh, bigger and better things and uh, others that we still keep in contact with on a weekly basis, our regular guests and, and so many uh, great folks that uh, were a part of uh, yesterday's tribute show. So thank you for doing that.
1: Oh, it was a lot of fun, Steve, and I'm excited uh, that we're getting to do it again today just because yesterday was the mid midway point of the week, but man, uh, congrats again on 25 years here at the radio station. So excited to continue here with you.
0: Yeah, I am too, and I think uh, today for us is going to be a lot of fun. We've got a great show. In fact, I want to reach out to the Zoom call right now with Rodney Terry and Jamal Bienemy. What a great way to start, folks. UTEP is having a Zoom call starting now with the newest point guard for the miners, Jamal Bienemy, and head coach Rodney Terry. Uh, in fact, they were kind enough to even uh, wait a few moments to start so we could get off the ground. And Adrian, as soon as they're ready, we'll go right to them. And and, and let's head over to uh, UTEP basketball. Here's Rodney Terry and Jamal Bienemy meeting the media today. Uh,
2: to be a team that's, that's connected and on the same page with what they're trying to get done for this year. Um, you know, we know this is going to be a year where we're going to have to be to navigate through uncharted waters uh, more so than any time, you know, that I've I've been coaching. I know at the division one level. So, you know, we, we talked about that and addressed it, you know, some of that today, there are going to be points during the season this year where a next person is going to have to be ready to play, you know, just based on circumstances and situations that may occur throughout the course of of this season. You know, it's going to be a season where, you know, a lot of the best teams are going to be teams that are disciplined, and uh, just to the point of where we're in a pandemic right now and you're going to have to try to make the right choice and the right decisions in terms of not putting yourself at risk or your teammates at risk in order to be able to stay on the wood and hopefully limit your distractions throughout the course of the season. But we're excited about the start of the season. I'm excited about this team. Uh, I like this group. I've enjoyed working with this group to this point right now. And I think we have a chance to, uh, to have a good group to work with this year.
3: thanks, Coach. All right, Uh, go ahead and fire away with questions. Uh, Jamal, what's just the process been like uh, coming out here, learning a new team? I guess you've got a couple of former guys you played in high school with. What's just your whole time out here so far been like?
4: Uh, It's definitely a learning learning experience for me. Uh, It's kind of the complete opposite of where I came from here. It's a lot of uh, up-tempo, high pace. so I've just been trying to get used to that, Uh, just getting the guys to gain the respect and the trust of the guys on the floor and off the floor and just being the leader.
3: How exciting was yesterday for you to get that news? Did you kind of expect it?
4: Uh, It was really exciting. It's something that we've been working on. So to get that news, it was really good for me.
5: Obviously having a chance to get into practice with the guys, um, how does your skill set kind of fit with this team? And um, what are you kind of hoping to add this year?
4: Uh, I think my skill set fits good because we got players uh, one through five. Everybody can play. Everybody can do different things. And I feel like I can help tie the group together as a leader on the court and keep us together and keep us going when adversity hits. Why
6: you, would why'd you choose UTEP? I mean, obviously, because there were a number of schools that, that were interested in having you, you play for them. But what was it about uh, the minors that, that drew to you?
4: uh from the from the first day coach Terry uh put his trust in me and he told me that if I if I it was it would be a good place for me if I wanted to get to the next level and that he was gonna push me uh make me work hard every day to get better
5: are there aspects of your game that you're kind of trying to um I guess improve upon from when you're at Oklahoma and what I guess what can you do more with your individual game to, to help this team this year
4: uh, definitely, I've, I've worked on everything. Mostly, just getting stronger, staying in the weight room, uh, maintaining my speed uh, on the court, just being vocal, being a vocal leader, uh, making shots, making the right plays, and just being more effective offensively for my team.
6: What have you seen from the talent level from uh, from from this year's UTEP team already, with it with a couple couple weeks of workouts in?
4: Uh, I think we got we got all the right pieces. We have shooters. We have guys that can make plays, guys who can score. Uh, we have posts inside that can get it done. And we have a group of guys that are willing to work hard, I feel like, every possession and get after it. So up to this point, it's been really good for us.
6: How do you think you can use your uh, experiences from Oklahoma uh, playing the NCAA tournament as well, too? How can you use that and bring that here? Is that expertise that you're going to, you know, you're going to share with your new teammates. What are you going to bring, uh, I guess, from your past to here?
4: Uh, definitely. Just, just being vocal and just letting, uh, setting an example every day, being an everyday guy, making sure I'm vocal and telling the guys, uh, making sure they get their trust in me. So that's something. That I've, that's probably the biggest thing that I've worked on, is just gaining the trust in my teammates and just being more of a vocal leader. When did you get out of here? Um, ooh, Probably a month and a half ago, maybe a month. They had to be in August
5: 1st. Jamal, how different has this offseason been, just obviously with everything going on and um, just in terms of um, staying in shape and doing things that probably a lot differently than you normally would?
4: Uh, I think for me personally, I think it's been good. I haven't been having to run around as much. I've been staying in one spot, just making sure I get the work in, uh, making sure I stay focused and uh, just stay on top of everything.
6: Hey, Coach Terry. Just, uh, what did it mean to you to get Jamal? Not only to get him here, but to also have him medi- immediately eligible. Which is what did it mean to you?
2: Well, anytime you're able to get a caliber player such as as Jamal being I mean, Jamal's a, a guy that's played, you know, that position his entire entire life. He's six five, and uh, you know, man, he's got a load of potential moving forward in terms of where his basketball career takes him, but. But, but, you know, I think the biggest thing, you know, nowadays is not, not only the talent, but also the character piece. I um, mean, he comes from a great family. Mom and dad have done a great job raising him to this point right now. And, you know, it'd be my job and our staff to continue to push him to, to continue to, to grow into a young adult and young, young man moving forward here and stuff. But I think anytime you have a really high character uh, player, uh, kid that has the chance to be a really good player. Well, you you got something to work with, and uh, and and it has it. You have a chance to take your program to another level.
6: Coach, does Jamal bring something uh, to the team that maybe something that the miners maybe have lacked in the in in your tenure so far here? What what what's something that he brings that you haven't seen yet here uh, in El Paso?
2: He's a real point. I mean, he's he's a point guard. He's played it his entire life. I mean, the, the two years I've been here, we've had to try to develop guys that that weren't true point guards and guys that we had to try to develop at that position. And, you know, we have a true point guard in Jamal Enemy, We have a true point guard in Boot. Those guys have played that position their, their entire lives. And, you know, it, it makes a huge difference. And in, in, uh, when you're trying to teach a guy how to play that position, you know, obviously there are going to be a lot of intangible things that we have to continue to work with and and, and uh, get J.B. Uh, better with it at that position, uh, pace, you know, being more vocal. But, you know, just having a chance to play that position already, have the size. He shoots the ball really well for his position. He can score the ball for us as well, uh, and things of that nature. He makes other guys around him better. He's not afraid to hold other teammates accountable. He's done that before, he's done it at a very high level already. He done it a, he did it at a very high level in high school, played for a state championship, he did it at a very high level at Oklahoma, he played in an NCAA tournament. So I mean I mean you can't you can't I mean if you're trying to go and get a point guard at, at this juncture right now, someone who's played that position with that kind of experience, I mean, we can't ask for a better situation and a better kid to come in and, and uh, be given the range to our program.
5: I guess you were joking about, you know, not having any answers for everything that was announced yesterday, but, um, you know, obviously what, what are some of the things that you kind of want to see over the next couple of months, um, as we start learning more and that that process, you know, gets closer and closer to the season worse some just some of the things you would like to see conference USA put together in terms of, um, health regulations, uh, helping you guys get ready for season stuff like that. Well, I
2: still, think, I still think it's a very fluid situation right now. I mean, you know, we have a lot of trickle down things right now, even from the power five conferences right now in terms of, scheduling right now is, is a big piece. Everybody's kind of talking around the country. How are you going to schedule right now? Their conferences getting together right now at power five, trying to decide how many conference games they're going to play. You know, some of them talking about a round Robin type situation where, you know, they may play up to 26 conference games. So we really don't know. And a lot of that's going to trickle down to, to, to the mid major level in terms of what games are going to still be available. And, um, you know, I think, uh, uh, a lot of us right, right now really don't know in terms of how that un, until all those decisions would, have been made in terms of what the power Five are going to be able to do. And then, and then what our conference is going to be able to do. I mean, I mean, we're going to still stick it to our 18 game schedule. Uh, what are going to be the parameters uh, for us to, to go and schedule non-league games against opponents, you know, with, with the testing component uh, also uh, being relevant as well. So there's just a lot of moving parts right now. And, uh, we got the date yesterday, which was a great start, and uh, now the real work starts in terms of how we how we can put together a competitive schedule that uh, will prepare us for conference play.
5: Speaking of scheduling, do you want? I know the maximum is 27 games. Do you want to play 27 games, or do you have like a different, like a lower number in, in your head?
2: Well, again, it all depends on if you're in an MTE. I mean, it gives you you know more games that you can play if you're not in an MTE. Then then you're 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 limited to about seven non-conference games along with our 18 games, so we're at 25. You know, so uh, um, you know we're still trying to put that puzzle together. I mean, we had a schedule that was already set, and everybody pretty much at this juncture of the season right now had a, a schedule already set. So now we're having to shift gears a little bit right now, kind of put the you know, pieces around and see what makes sense for us right now from a travel standpoint, from a safety standpoint in terms of do we want to try to stay in our region and and uh, and play regional opponents as opposed to going across the country and exposing our guys to to other things. There are a lot of different factors in terms of how we're going to have to arrive uh, at the end of the day with the with the competitive you know non-conference schedule for that matter.
6: Now with the set starting date uh, and, and practice as well too. Now pretty much a month from today. Um, now that you have those dates set, is there anything that you're having to that you're going to have to expedite? I guess with your guys, maybe maybe intensify practices a little bit with that short t- turnaround of a start date? What I guess adjustments as far as uh, as far as preparation are you having to make in the pandemic?
2: I think you got to be very smart. You know, I, I don't think you can go and blow your team out right now. We're still two months out from you know, you know, starting our season. And, uh, you know, when you talk about official practice, we start October 14th. I think you have to be really smart about how you go about pushing your, pushing your group, you know, and, uh, um, you know, the season's a long season. So, uh, it's going to be very, very important how you manage your guys right now and everything. We've gone pretty hard right now for a little over six weeks right now. And, uh, you know, our guys have gotten acclimated back to school and, you know they have a school schedule right now that they're working with right now as well so i think it's just a matter of um uh, deciding kind of how you want to do that program probably program the program in terms of how uh how and when how hard you want to push the guys right now at this point and stuff so you know i always say that it's, it's a it's a marathon and it's not a sprint you can't just sprint out the gate you know you got to be able to prepare for, for for a long season you know you got Usually we would have scrimmages and expeditions, but we don't have any of those right now uh, that we're going to be able to play. So you're going to have your early non-conference, and then you're going to have conference play, and then you to have postseason play. So uh, you know you have to be smart about how you uh, how you how you you manage your guys throughout the course of uh, of the year. But we're gonna we're gonna take it real slow. We've done we've done some things already. Our guys had five months off where they didn't do anything from a basketball standpoint. So we had to work really hard on the conditioning piece, just getting them moving again, getting them used to moving in in a basketball activities and things of that nature there. And and then we gradually worked our way into, you know, start trying to do some of the fundamental things that we needed to do uh, from a defensive uh, standpoint, as well as an offensive standpoint. So we're kind of just now rounding our way in pretty good. And, you know, we've got quite a bit of stuff and, you know, thrown at them quite a bit. We've done a lot of whole as opposed to the part. And now we got to kind of hone in a little bit on the details and, and and really concentrate on what we really want to try to be good at both offensively and defensively. But you got to be really smart. You can't just go and blow these guys out right now and, uh, and not have them prepared for the real season when it starts.
5: Jamal just uh, real quick. Oh, sorry. Uh, Jamal just real quick. Just obviously having a, having a, a date to prepare for, you know, it's, it's November 25th. You guys aren't just kind of, you know, um, stuck in, in, Limbo, not knowing what what exactly you're preparing for. Just how much does that help you guys as players?
4: Uh, it helps us a lot. I mean, we talked about it. We talked about it as a team last night after practice. Uh, the guys we spoke about it. We just understand that we got to be. We have a day and that we have to get ready and we have to be all in, and just make sure that when that day comes, whenever it's time to play, that we're all prepared and ready to go.
3: Hey Jamal, uh, I have a question from Adrian Broaddus from Six Hundred ESPN. Uh, they're, they're asking, what's it been like playing with your former high school teammates, uh, uh, Christian Scholin and Emmanuel White?
4: Uh, it's been good to play with them and see those guys from uh, when, when I played with them before to where they are now. It's been it's been good to see that um, those guys are hard workers, so they push me whenever we're out of practice and we're just working out. So I think it's been good for, for me personally to have, this, have those guys around. They've been pushing me. Then, uh, it go ahead.
6: Go ahead. Go ahead. Coach, I got a question for you. You hear a lot of just kind of a, you hear a lot of fun stories about how people were staying in shape, I guess, during during the pandemic. Uh, you know, a couple months back, and lifting backpacks or like home gyms and st- st- stuff. Kind of funny stories like that. Did you notice that anybody on your team where they kind of showed up and you're like, wow, you know, that you kind of put on some weight and put on some muscle in quarantine or, or sort of kind of transformed their game, their body, anything? We will let you
0: listen in to the remainder of the Zoom call with both Rodney Terry and uh, Jamal Biennemi. That's going on live right now, but uh, we do have to get to a commercial break. We'll come back with more right after Charlie won. He's got this uh, traffic update for us. Back here on Sports Talk 26 past the hour. So as you've been listening, the press conference still ongoing, by the way, with uh, head coach Rodney Terry and uh, members of the media which we're going to go back to uh, in a moment we want you to we'll pick it up right where we left off uh, going into the break so uh, that is uh, that's great, and I'm, I'm excited for the fact that um, you know it's been good to hear both Rodney Terry and Jamal Biennemi talk about the upcoming season and what they're expecting, which I think uh, is uh, again uh, a huge thing for uh, you know for minor fans that are ready for basketball and want to see what uh, a difference uh, a point guard that's started two years in a row at Oklahoma can make when he comes here to UTEP and then hearing what uh, Rodney has to say. And and it's funny also because now that November 25th has been decided as the date in which uh, college basketball will return – we can finally, hopefully, get schedules released here really soon. We know the what the conference schedule was supposed to look like when they released that initially, but a lot of the uh, the reason why UTEP has not uh, so far released the remainder their regular schedule was they weren't sure when they were going to be able to start playing. And I know for a fact that there's at least one, if not multiple, games that were on their preliminary schedule before um, November 25th. So now you either have to reschedule those dates or those games won't happen. And that's going to be a real interesting note also, Adrian, to see if some of the teams that we were told uh, would be part of the schedule months ago will still be there if uh, you know they'll be able to reschedule or will some of them become a casualty of the later start this season.
1: Yeah, that's a great question right now. And I actually found it really fascinating. They were talking about the number of games that would be taking place this year. And they're kind of, it sounded like Coach Terry was talking uh, about hovering around that. 25 game mark so if you subtract the 18 games that were originally scheduled steve you got just seven games to play around with and then you've got new mexico state the home and home which is built in you wonder how that would be impacted by the scheduling conflict you also wonder about a possible game with new mexico which has been going on right now and you got to factor in the games with the sun bowl invitational so should be really interesting to kind of monitor how the non-conference slate will will come out
0: i got a better one for you The first NMSU game was supposed to be at the Haskins Center November 17th.
1: Wow. That is so that could honestly be a casualty right there. Well, I mean, you got
0: to figure they'll figure out a way to to reschedule that one. There's no way there is no way. UTEP is going to allow that game to go by the wayside this year and only play one game in Las Cruces. You know that that's not going to happen. All right. They've just wrapped up the press conference. So we'll get to sports center next. When we come back, we will let you listen in as we were going to break. Nate Ryan from KVIA was asking a question. We'll let you hear that question and answer again. And the final, um, Seven or eight minutes of the press conference, but first, let's go to Adrian and get this Sports Center update.
2: Knowing things of that nature, there, I thought they came back in pretty good shape, and they're like, "Wow, okay, they, they were able to maintain over that over that course of that time." I mean, we're still in a pandemic right now; it hasn't disappeared yet. Yeah, it's still here uh, and everything. But uh, uh, I thought Titus, uh, well, even I thought he Titus came back looking great. I thought his body was in tip-top shape. I thought he was in really good shape once we got started. Uh, and uh, but really put on some really good masks and look 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 really fit you know I thought uh, I thought Effie did a great job of maintaining his body yeah. weight you know and things you would think that it would go the other way but he came back and his body looked really good and he'd done a really good job of eating the right way and uh, and, and taking care of his body and being in a pretty good shape for that matter as well and stuff so I guess those those were two guys I think that kind of stood out from from uh, from from the team in terms of just you know from a physical standpoint you know, and everything. And I, I think, you know, some of our new guys have gotten acclimated to working with CJ really well. And they understand the importance of really building and working on their bodies. Jamal up to about 185 now. We're working hard to get him to about 195. You know, and his body's looking good. I looked at it, you know, I'm always watching those bodies. I watched his body today. His body just looking from behind. It's looking it's looking pretty good. It's rounding out pretty good. And I, and I think they're taking a really good approach to to really wanting to to have a great body in terms of one that's going to put them in the best position to be, you know, make explosive plays and play through contact and and also try to prevent injuries as well.
3: Hey, Jamal. So I have another question. It's a two-parter from, uh, from ESPN 600. Uh, The first part of the question is after, you know, for the first few months you got to play with uh, or, you know, practice with Bryson Williams. How would you uh, 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 compare him to other big name talents across the country?
4: Uh, Bryson is just a dominant player. Uh, he gets what he wants. He gets to aspire anytime he wants to. Uh, he's a physical guy. Uh, he's just as good as anybody in the country. I mean, he could play with anybody, battle or go against anybody. He's, he's really that good.
3: And uh, second part of the question is, how would you compare the talent here so far to the talent compared uh, com- that you competed with and against in the Big 12?
4: Uh, to me, to me, it's all the same. Um, the guy, the guys here, we, we put in the extra work. I'm able to see these guys, uh, day in and day out. So I see the guys putting in work, and, and when we come together on the floor, you can see the talent, you can see the work that everybody's putting in come together as a team. JB, J. you've had that question before, right? Yeah,
2: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding with him. I get it. With you know, I, I've asked him, I said, JB, tell me a little bit about about Oklahoma, to, you know, your team that you were able to play with there. And I said, you know, if we were able to play those guys tomorrow, what kind of game would it be if we played Oklahoma, uh, you know, tomorrow? And uh, and I asked him how, you know, I asked him what outcome would possibly be of that game. And I also asked him, I said, well, you know, how would you compare the talent level uh, to uh, to both programs and everything? So, um, you know, he obviously has had a chance to work with us right now. He's had a chance to play with those guys. So he, uh, he would know the answer to that question. But he's heard that question before. <laughs> Come
6: on, how do you like El- how do you like El Paso, man, just as as a city? Because it's a pretty unique it's a pretty unique spot, uh, uh compared yeah. to other places. What have you like? Have you gotten around the city at all?
4: Yeah, I love it. I it's a great spot. I love the scenery. Um I wake up every day, I can see the mountains and stuff like that. The weather, the weather is great. So I mean I've I've loved this so far. It's been great.
3: What, are, what are opportunities are you going to think you're going to have here at UTEP that maybe you didn't have at Oklahoma? Like when you were looking to leave, what were you looking for that UTEP had that you didn't have where you were?
4: Um, here I think uh, just Coach Terry is just putting his um, entire trust in me, just uh, letting me just run the team and just go as far as I can go with the team and just continue to grow as a person, as a leader on and off the court.
6: anything else guys just lastly real quick coach i mean probably an answer that nobody really knows but are you optimistic at all about getting christian maybe eligible for this season
2: i'm a very optimistic person just just in general you know so uh you know you like to always think uh, in a very positive light in terms of you know having all your guys available to to play and everything but uh you know i think again you know we've got a great compliance department that that does an outstanding job David, david cougar and his staff those guys are done a tremendous job from the time that we stepped on this campus uh, to, to currently right now and working with those type of situations. And uh, those guys have, have put, I think, all of those situations in the best possible position that they could be in right now. And, uh, you know, the, the decisions are not in our hands and everything, but we feel great about it, you know, and uh, hopefully, uh, um, you know, we'll be granted some faith too, that uh, that, we'll, that we're able to get those guys through through the shoot as well and have them be a part of this season as well.
0: So there you go. There's your press conference uh, with uh, both Rodney Terry, Jamal Biennemi that uh, ended a little while ago and, uh, I want to Thank uh, both uh, Drew Bonney and uh, Coach Rodney Terry for accommodating us on the show today since we let them know in advance that we would be airing the Zoom conference live uh, during the afternoon uh, and the beginning of the show. So thank you guys for doing that. Adrian, uh, give me uh, your thoughts on what you had a chance to hear, uh, at least for that 30 minutes or so from uh, from the coach and, and the newest edition.
1: Yeah, I think people should be really excited about the fact that, that Jamal Enemy will be getting that way. When- This year and will be allowed to play for the Miners because he's going to be the starting point guard right away. He brings a ton of experience from Oklahoma. You can hear his confidence. You could also hear uh, just his uh, acknowledgement of the current team and how how he believes that they are talented and how he's excited to mesh with everybody. But hey, what stood out to me, Steve, was the fact that Jamal Biennemi talked about gaining the trust of all his players on the Miners right now. You don't really hear that from most players, especially if they come from the power. Power five ranks over to a mid-major college like UTEP. So I, I found that pretty impressive right there.
0: I agree, and hopefully the uh, team will, will quickly uh, gain his trust uh, on the flip side because he's got all the experience playing at that kind of a level. Um, I liked the question that Nate threw in at the very end uh, regarding Christian Agnew and what will happen with him. Uh, and hopefully more than anything, hopefully we'll get to see a schedule here soon enough. That's the big thing, too, to take away is you know he mentioned possibly as many as you know all those conference games. Could you imagine if they went to an exclusive conference schedule?
1: Oh man, that would be wild if they just went conference only model and that mm-hmm. that would be really tough right there for the minor. They need those non-conference games, not only uh, for for their own experience, but also for the fan base. It excites everybody to see them play NMSU and New Mexico and the Sun Bowl Invitational, all those games.
0: I agree with you. 38 now past the hour, Uh, 880-5763. That is our telephone number. Uh, We got Lee Sterling uh, in about 25 minutes from now to begin hour number two. And then Mark Lowry is going to be joining us, fresh off a big 2-1 win last night. Locomotive, do it again. And wouldn't you know it, Adrian, they're at the top of Group C right now in the uh, USL. Top of Group C after that big win yesterday.
1: Yeah, really big win by the locomotive FC. It just seems like they've been on a tear lately. Absolute uh they are absolutely on fire. And doesn't it seem like each or especially in the first two seasons, this is the this is the sweet spot for the locomotive. It feels like they always peak around this time.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, um story breaking moments ago. Moments ago. I don't even think we had this on Sports Center. Did you have the story about
1: Deion Sanders? No, no, I didn't. About how he's possibly getting a job.
0: They say he's finalizing a deal with Jackson State to become their new head football coach.
1: Wow, prime time back is is now in the coaching ranks. Wow, at the college level.
0: Yep, and of all places, Jackson State. Unbelievable. So that story breaking now, finalizing a deal to become the new head coach of Jackson State football. When we return. More of your phone calls, your uh, your comments on Twitter, your messaging on the app. A lot of ways to be a part of the program today. We'd love to chat with you. Eight eight zero five seven six three. as Sports Talk continues. Start of Hour 2 here on Sports Talk. Welcome back, everybody. He's Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. All right. Let's uh, get him back to the show. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Hey, when you were growing up as a kid, were you a Peter Frampton fan from uh, Frampton Comes Alive? It was such an iconic album in the uh, mid-'70s.
7: I was uh,
0: good I mean you know last last week I started on Cobra Kai and I was so disappointed in your answer you've redeemed yourself today no, I,
7: I like thought... I, I Peter Frampton a lot I mean I was I mean how can you not like Peter Frampton
0: that and, and that record was so iconic you know that oh. it's uh, one of the all, one of the all-time great live albums it really is yeah. so yeah right um, up there uh, although
7: absolutely. my favorite, I would say my favorite album late 70s was Boston
0: Ooh, now which one? The, the, the debut or uh, did you like the follow up? Don't Look Back?
7: I, which was the one that I think everyone, there was, maybe it was the first one, the one where every song made it to the top 10?
0: Yeah, that was the debut. That was the, debut.
7: Yeah, the original. The, original. the was, other one, second was, one wasn't bad either. So,
0: Well, let me say this. You're right about one thing. That was a, a terrific uh, debut record from Boston. So I'm happy you brought that up. Uh, by the way. How great was it to uh, sit back, relax, and uh, finally watch some college football oh, this past week?
7: It was amazing. It was amazing. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. And, and who would think that the Sunbelt Conference is the number two power conference right now? After Isn't Louisiana, that... Lafayette, and Arkansas State did what they did.
0: Well, don't forget Coastal Carolina, right?
7: Yeah, and Coastal Carolina. Well, they beat Kansas, so. They
0: did. That's right. Well, and you, and it's funny because I look back at your predictions last week. You had, yeah. you had Coastal Carolina covering, but losing by two. Right. They, they, they bettered that because they covered and they won. Right. Um, you were th- you were not that far off on Texas and Utah. It's funny. I picked 56 to 10, you took 55 to 7. It was 59 to 3. So, you yep. won there. But um, I was surprised like you about Tampa Bay and New Orleans. You had right. the Bucs winning and that was not the case. And then of course, Cowboys losing to the Rams, but it wasn't just that they lost to the Rams, Lee. They only scored it, 17 points in this one.
7: Well, yeah, 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 I don't I don't mind seeing that first week. That happens, but You know, same old poor coaching. I mean, fourth and four with eight minutes to go in the game, you're down by three. What are you doing going for it? Kick the field goal. Am I right? Mm
0: -hmm. That was what everybody's been talking about. That's been the storyline. Yeah, I mean,
7: right there. I looked at even my wife and my wife's like, yeah, you're right. I mean, you kick the field goal, you tie the game. Worst case scenario, the Rams score a touchdown, you can tie it up. Anything else, you stop them or they get a field goal, You can win the game. So, yeah, okay. It was a bad call on the pass interference. Shouldn't have been called. But bottom line is bad coaching usually leads to to more bad things happening to you.
4: Is
0: this an omen of what we're going to see with Mike McCarthy in Dallas?
7: Probably. I think he's one of these guys that can take a bad team or a below-average team and make them better. I don't know if he can take them to the next level. And, like, look at Detroit. I mean, going for a 55-yard field goal with eight minutes to go in the game, I mean, just, just punt the ball. I mean, fifty. Going from three to a six-point lead is not going to make much difference. They miss it, and uh, Chicago gets the ball to around forty-five. Uh, they end up losing, and then Carolina fourth and one at the fifty. Okay, you got Teddy Bridgewater, who is a run-pass uh, weapon, and uh, uh, get the best running back in the league, and and you give it to a fullback. A full fourth and one. Just, just dumb coaching.
0: It's a head-scratcher, man. It is yep. a head-scratcher. No doubt. No doubt. All right. So we look at this week. And this week, um, I like it because uh, you're going with uh, one college, three NFL games, and an NFL game of the week. Not to say that you're not heavy on college uh, with your regular predictions, but right. let's be honest. I mean, you know, we're still waiting for the Big Ten, although now we're hearing next month, and then you know, who knows what the Pac-12. And uh, the point is, some good NFL games we're going to be talking about this week.
7: Right, and I'm a little shocked that Mountain West wasn't the first conference back.
0: Why are you, you shocked? Know. Tell me.
7: It's not like they're playing in New York City.
0: I know. I'm. I think I'm more surprised that they went ahead and and did what they did by canceling in the first place. I didn't yeah. expect them to yeah. do that. I, I thought they would have. I mean, look at some of the up, states
7: where yeah. they, you know they've got teams. You know, Nevada, uh, yeah. Colorado. Um, <laughs> Idaho, I mean, not a whole lot of cases in those places. Wyoming?
0: Nope, that's right. And another one. Yeah, that's a good point. Good
7: point. You, you, you get a case in Wyoming, it's almost like you, you get sent to the leper colony.
0: <laughs> you been to Laramie? That rare. You, ever, you, ever played, uh, you ever played a Wyoming? You ever been to La- Wyoming?
7: Yeah, I have. In fact, my good friend uh, uh, Mike Kirby, he was an All-American receiver in the early 80s. Played there, and I went to a game in Wyoming, and he fumbled two punts into the swirling wind. So, uh, and also had a, got a couple crack ribs. So, anyone tell you tells you it's easy to play in Wyoming? Uh, they don't know what they're talking about.
0: Oh man, ah, uh, I'll tell you, it's good stuff. I, you know what, I like how our conversation starts. Um, right. It goes to Wyoming and, and everything else. Uh, it, it's it's pretty good. Um, hey, by the way. I want to ask you, since we've got these games, Oklahoma State and Tulsa, tell me, now, did you pick that game just because you have a good feeling about it? Because you could pick any college game, but you took Oklahoma State and Tulsa. Tell me why.
7: Okay, so I think Oklahoma State's a team that's going to be there. And if there's maybe one or two teams that can challenge Oklahoma, I think they're that team. Now, going against better teams, uh, they lost a couple offensive linemen the last couple months. might hurt them, but not in this game. I mean, they're playing... Tulsa—they won last year, forty to twenty-one, and they were minus two in turnover ratio. They got, I believe, the best back in the country, Chuba Hubbard. Got two receivers, Tylen Wallace, All-American receiver, and a kid named Tay Martin, a transfer from Washington State, who in the last two years uh, put up sixteen hundred and fifteen receiving yards and eighteen touchdowns. So, here's the problem with Tulsa—they got two new safeties, both are sophomores. They have not started a game they're going to try to cover a team that throws the ball down the field more than anyone in the country that spells trouble and also in run support you take the wrong angle against chubba hubbard he's gone for 75 80 yards and then to top it all off they've got a true freshman kicker and a redshirt freshman punter special teams are important when you handicap games also i like oklahoma state big here 52 17.
0: Oh my goodness. All right. No wonder no wonder you wanted this game because yeah. you think it's it's going to be a blowout city. That makes right. that makes a lot of sense. 52-17, all Oklahoma State. All right. That takes us next over to the NFL games this week. Let's start it off with Uh, Arizona looking good in week one, knocking off San Francisco, getting the respect of Vegas now because they're six-and-a-half-point favorites against a Washington team that came back and surprised a lot of people against Philadelphia.
7: So things have changed. Last week, Arizona, which always matches up against San Francisco. I can't figure it out why they do, but uh, they do, and they win the game outright. So they go from being uh, uh, the, the hunter to the 100, and this is the, just the fourth time in the last three years they've been favored. In fact, Arizona has lost straight up the past three times as a favorite, including uh, this one last time last year, 38-20 to 20 to Carolina. So outside of Terry McLaurin, Washington doesn't have a whole lot of weapons, but they've got a really good defensive line led by Rookie Chase Young, they put up eight sacks last week on Carson Wentz. I'm not saying they're going to get eight, but they might get three or four uh, in this game. And just think that Ron Rivera is a a coaching upgrade for Washington, uh, which has had a a bunch of really off years. I'm going to call for the upset here. Washington 24-20 over Arizona. Wow. All right. Yep.
0: I, you know what, though? I like Arizona, and I'll tell you something else. I like, uh, you know, De- DeAndre Hopkins' trade is going to prove yep. so good for the, for the Well, cards,
7: Also, right? what helps out is they, they, you know, they didn't have the playbook, uh, as did San Francisco. They had no idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. Now, with, with Washington watching them catch 14 passes, I think they'll have a better idea of what, uh, what they're going to do on offense. He's almost he unguardable. There's three or four guys in the league, one on one forget about it no one can guard these guys
0: all right let's talk about new orleans and vegas now uh the saints uh were impressive last week uh vegas also uh, a winner in their first game uh, of you know as uh, as the new uh, location for uh for for the club and yet new orleans finds themselves a five and a half point favorites over uh, the raiders do you like it so
7: so here's the problem with new orleans and and i think michael thomas might be the second best receiver behind deandre hopkins Big loss from him to, to what they have. He's not only a, a big-time player, makes big plays, really good on third down. Now you got – we always talk about West Coast teams like, like the Raiders going to the East Coast and having problems. Now you got a central time zone team playing in the Pacific time zone at night. And, you know, that might be something there. Uh, it's not a conference game. I think New, New Orleans was 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 just jacked up about the game against – Tampa Bay, and they had something to prove. I think the Raiders' offensive line, which had a lot of problems in pass protection, uh, looked good last week. And they surrendered no sacks to uh, Carolina. And Henry, uh, when you watch Derek Carr, he's one of these quarterbacks that he's either on from the first game and has a good year or he's off. And he looked on. I think he's going to have a big year. I'm going to call for the upset here. Not the Oakland Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders, 28, New Orleans Saints, 24.
0: All right. Now, by the way, you said you upset. Now, this game is being played in Vegas. Of course, there's no yep. fans. but that, And that begs another question. After watching the first week of the NFL season, does it, doesn't it seem to you that without fans, you might as well just throw home field completely out the window right it, now? It's of worth maybe one point. All those road one teams that won? Yeah,
7: you're right. You're right, Steve. It's worth maybe one point. And what's even worse is a fan. Watching the NBA or the NFL and, and piping in the, the crowd noise, it's, hor- it's horrible. Yeah, I hear you. All
0: right, let's get to Seattle, New Orleans. This one's going to be in Seattle. They are four point favorites uh, against the Pats. I liked what the Pats did last week uh, with Cam. I think uh, that new look is going to work very well for Bill Belichick. Then again, uh, Russell Wilson was amazing. Uh, you know, he completes all but four passes four touchdowns uh dk metcalf looked terrific i mean this has the making to be a really really good football game and you've got uh, seattle right now minus four
7: yeah and, and these two teams changed it up what new england did miami had no idea it was like they were absolutely lost uh running the run pass option with cam newton he ran the ball 15 times for 75 yards and uh uh, Seattle, I mean, they change it up. They've been going for five, six years with a run to set up the pass. They went with a pass to set up the run, and they say they're staying that way, and I think it's a really good move. So um, Seattle likes to throw the ball down the field. The two weaknesses for New England, their linebackers I don't think are very good. They can't stop the run, but not good in in, in, in pass defense and also their safety. So I, I think Seattle has two guys that can really go down and get it at wide receiver. I think Russell Wilson – uh presents some real problems to New England, which has not fared well against mobile quarterbacks. Give me Seattle here, thirty four twenty eight, uh, over New England. All right.
4: All right,
0: excellent. Now those are the games uh, we're going to be working with this week. Those four, those four matchups. You've got a game of the week that I know our listeners are really going to enjoy. Not to mention, you also have uh, your first big, big release of the season. Yep. That you know, I like your forty fifty units plays. That's coming up. So let's talk a little bit about what you have uh, right now at Paramount Sports.
7: Okay, so if they want to get involved, how about this: Dallas and Atlanta. Uh, This Sunday, I'm going to give away that game. I also like the game tonight, Cincinnati and Cleveland, the total on the game. Anyone who calls in in the next first 10 callers, I'll give them both of those games on me. 800-400-9741. Again, the number 800-400-9741. You get both games on me, and we won the first week, went 2-1. We went 7-5 last week, hit both of our big plays in college and the NFL. I rate my games from 10 to 50 units, and... We only release four, five, 40- to 50-unit games a year, over 75% over the last 12 years on these games since we went to the 10- to 50-unit rating system. Anyone wants to get this 40- to 50-unit release in college football, plus my entire card both weekends, two weeks of games, you're going to get 10- to 12, 10- to 13 games a week, just $297. ParamountSports.com or call 800-400-9741
0: terrific stuff all right enjoy the conversation as always lee don't forget paramountsports.com has tons of great material for you to check out i also love when lee does his recent results and kind of shows you everything there with his picks and the actual result doing well it's off to a good start folks that's for sure talk to you next week lee thanks for the time
7: thanks steve have a great weekend
0: you too from lee sterling right over to charlie one then mark Lowry is going to join us we'll talk some loco soccer hey Congratulations back in the playoffs. Can't wait to hear from the head coach and technical director. Just like I can't wait to hear about traffic. Let's go to Charlie one and get the latest back here on sports talk as we continue right now. Oh, I'm excited about this man joining us. Uh, Every time he comes on the show, uh, I'm excited, but I know he's thrilled after what happened yesterday at back at the top spot in group C clinching a playoff berth as well. Uh, and they are just uh, playing uh, terrific uh, football right now. He is head coach of El Paso Locomotive FC, the one, the only, Mark Lowry. Coach, good to have you back. How you doing here on a Thursday?
8: It was good to be back. Like you said, good win last night, and everyone's excited right now.
0: Good vibes on this program. Every time we have you now, it's uh, it's feeling good. I love it, uh, especially knowing that uh, today we normally get a chance for you to have about three or four days off before a big Saturday match. But this is one of those uh, rare weeks where you play three in a week, and uh, you know Saturday, yesterday, and then this Saturday, and. Uh, again, uh, you did what you needed to do. You adjusted the lineup. Everything proved uh, to be exactly what you hoped, and another dominating effort on the pitch, which has to make you uh, just thrilled as a head coach.
8: Yeah, I'm I'm pleased with the work we've done this week so far in the two games. You know, San Antonio on Saturday, and then last night uh, against Colorado. Um, rotating the lineup, giving guys valuable minutes, getting guys valuable rest. You know, all those things. Really add up at the end of the season um, to make you a strong team, and you know, I'm really happy with the way the guys have approached this week. And we've got one more one more challenge coming up in a couple of days.
0: Let's talk about, first off, uh, some of the moves uh, you had a chance to make. Uh, you gave Leandro Carrijo his first start uh, since he joined the team. Same thing for Eder Borelli, and uh, they both had a chance to play valuable minutes. Uh, Carriho, by the way, getting a, a great opportunity to put one home uh, within the first uh, six, seven minutes of the match.
8: Yeah, that was a good chance, um, and you probably find that, you know, when, when he gets his sharpness, when, when he arrives at that point, of, of, of Matt's fitness and, and, and his sharpness. He probably scores those champions in the future. So we're not really worried about the miss. You know, we're glad he's getting those opportunities. We're glad he's in the right spot and doing what he does. Um, and Adair was fantastic at left back. I thought they both acquitted themselves very well. Different style we play over here, different formation, different players, different league. So they've come in and, and they've settled well, and they're, they're, they're going to be valuable assets.
0: How about that first goal from Saeed Robinson uh, off the header uh, from uh, Richie Ryan? Tell me a little bit about that one developing and, and your thoughts on, on the first one last night.
8: Yeah, we've spent a lot of time the last few weeks working on our set pieces, our attacking set pieces, and we're doing quite well with them at the moment. We're scoring regularly from those, those, those situations, and Saeed did a good job pulling off the front. It's a run that we worked on. Um, we didn't necessarily expect the ball to go to him, um, but we, we make that run just in case it falls short. You know, and Richie's delivery fell a little bit short, but probably where he intended it to go. And Said showed showed you know great awareness to make the run that we spoke about, and and got his header on target. And great goal for him, his first goal for the club, as a goal he entered his old team. You know, was at Colorado the last few years. So, and it was the first goal of the game. It kind of got us off the mark and, and got us going.
0: I was gonna say it's nothing like when you have the opportunity to um to start off strong in that in that second half. And again, I think that although the match was even after 45 knowing you had scoring opportunities uh knowing that you know you you had a chance to try to put a few in um you know you you had to be pleased but uh, it's like we talk about every single show every single game and every single show mark you you guys just come out on fire in that uh, second half and usually it leads to an early score
8: yeah we do we come out after the break um strong we make those adjustments that we need to and and obviously this game was a little bit different as well. We knew in this game we had firepower coming off the bench. You know, we obviously rested Omar and Aaron as well, who've been our primary two attackers these last few weeks. So when you got those two coming off the bench, um, you know that that, that that you can change the game pretty quickly with a couple of subs. So we knew going into half time at 0-0, we were in a good position. We were playing well. We had a couple of tricks up our sleeve left, you know, with the set pieces and with the subs that we could make. And, you saw when, once once we made those adjustments, you know, we we really kicked off.
0: What did you think was really the turning point in the match?
8: Um, I thought I thought we were good in the first half, um, but but it took us forty five minutes to figure out how Colorado were defending against us, how they were trying to stop us play our game, kind of knock us off our rhythm. And we noticed in 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 the first half they were really stopping Richie Ryan getting on the ball. You know, they know Richie's such a good good passer. They man marked Richie. We made an adjustment at half time to bring Chaper and, and, and Brian into Richie's zone and kind of run Richie out of that zone. Um, and we found success then getting on the ball in that area with, with Chapper and Brian as opposed to being, being Richie. So that adjustment really allowed us to control the game. Um, it created our first goal. You know, the build-up to the corner kick was, was what we worked on, what we spoke about at half time. So I think that adjustment allowed us to not just, you know, control the game, but also be, you know, more dominant in our attacks and create better attacks and, and that really helped us kick on and the guys did a great job making those adjustments and recognizing it and, and taking information on board and and then like i said we made those subs you know with Aaron omar coming on and the, and the energy and the level went up again so all in all it was a really good second half
0: how about that left footed strike from omar that to gave you that two nothing lead
8: yeah great strike from him that's something we speak to him about all the time just don't worry about scoring. Just focus on hitting the target. The most important thing when you shoot it, you, you hit the target, you give yourself a chance of, of scoring, right? You, any time the ball goes on frame, uh, the percentage of it going it goes up exponentially. So he did he hit the target. He put his head over the ball. He kept it down, and, and he put it on frame, and, and he got the reward. So it was good to see that happen for him, for his confidence, and for the goal, and for the team as well.
0: I'll say this, okay? We know, you know, being from El Paso and, and obviously his backstory, but the fact is he's 6'4". He's, uh, he's got a, you know, a heck of an athletic body and, and does things that a lot of 6'4 uh, athletes can't do on the pitch. And I love Omar when he sets up because I think that he uh, can be so valuable um, in terms of those assists and, and putting you in the right position to get goals. But when you can see the kind of play like yesterday, and as he gets more and more confidence in those kind of strikes, it makes him such a more dangerous player.
8: Yeah, and that's been the thing with Omar from day one, just, just the end product, the final piece to to his athletic ability, to what he offers us as a team, you know, with his strength down the outside. It's been finding that, that confidence, that that awareness and, and to, to really execute in the final moments. Whether that's a cross for a as an assist or, or himself in front of a goal, you know, scoring and putting on frame and hitting the target with his chances. That's been that's been the thing with him from day one. You know, we know we can get into areas because of his athletic ability that, that, that a lot of other players can't get into.
0: Um, the, yep.
8: So it's now turning those moments into goals, turn those moments into into executions, and he's done a good job recently with that, with his assists. You know, he put another one across yesterday for Aaron. That Aaron probably should have scored. So we're finding that momentum now with him. He's finding his confidence. He's kind of finding his niche out on that left. So it's good to see him kind of get the rewards for that.
0: You came close to a clean sheet, but unfortunately, uh, a fluke deflection uh, led to the lone goal last night for Colorado.
8: Yeah, we're disappointed with that one, and the guys are as well. The back four, you know, Brent Misch, Fox, in at the time, you know, they're, they're really disappointed with that goal. Um, it was, we watched it back a number of times, and it's one of those where the ball's just an inch away from everybody. Everyone's kind of in the right spot, but the cross kind of gets pulled behind everybody, and they didn't really expect to go there. And he said the shot, you know, it deflects off me, Shaq, and kind of bounces over Logan a little bit, which is unfortunate. So disappointed with it. We wanted to keep the clean sheet, but I think we did enough, you know, to, 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 for the game to be over, right? With 2 0, we were in a good spot. And then we kind of saw the game out well after that, that goal, I think, and they didn't really cause us many more problems.
0: More with Coach Larry as we continue here on Sports Talk. If you've got a question, send it to us right now on Twitter at uh, 600 ESPN El Paso. So you can also chat with us on our free mobile app powered by United Bank or call into the show and we can uh, take that question from you off air as well. But right now, let's go to Adrian. He's standing by with another bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Adrian, thank you very much. We've got head coach Mark Lowry on right now. We're talking El Paso Locomotive FC. Again, you have a question, send it our way. Uh, Prior to last night's match, you won on Saturday. You beat San Antonio FC. This was a big one. Sold out crowd. 1,519 fans like we've seen every match, Coach. But uh, again, uh, I, I know that the, the, the story behind the 2-1 win was that you stole one late. I mean, you say uh, you know you played a team very good. It went uh, even for most of it. But then sometimes, as we've talked about, soccer can be cruel for one team and very fortunate for another. And uh, it was nice to see the ball bounce the way uh, late that uh, it, it resulted in that 2-1 uh, win for you.
8: Yeah, it was a great win. It was a great performance. Um you know, I I'm not a fan of the narrative of that, that that we stole it because we we were the dominant team for ninety minutes. Um and I'm a big believer in you create your own look. You create your own luck with your your energy on the field and the way you approach the game and your aggressiveness. If you're the team that's been the most aggressive, you tend to get those bounces and kind of rubber the green a little bit. So I think the work we did throughout the ninety minutes, the pressure we put San Antonio under, you know, it, it kinda of created that last goal, even though it was an own goal. We we put them in, in in difficult positions, uncomfortable positions on the field, and I thought we did a great job. and And I just love what the guys did in that game against a really good team. I think we showed how good we can be.
0: Who did you think really stood out for you in that match?
8: Oh, it feels so long ago now, Steve. <laughs> Five days, I know. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think I think Dylan did a great job. Um, and Dylan's been fantastic for us recently, just, just his work and his creativity through the middle I thought that, that his movement really caused them problems um, You know, Yuma as the sixth did a real disciplined job, real professional job um, just to kind of lock down the middle as well defensively And I thought it was a real good team performance and we knew it would have to be going into the game the way San Antonio defend we knew the whole team would have to be coordinating that movements up and down the field um, to make sure we kind of control the game and and have success and I thought the whole team did did a fantastic job and then you know a couple of big moments from individual players helped us get the win
0: absolutely right so now here you are top of group C back in the playoffs where you want to be playing your best uh, playing your best football of the season there's no doubt about that you're playing terrific you got the confidence everything's going well And then, not only do we uh, have another one at home this Saturday night, which will be uh, obviously a big one against uh, Real Monarchs, uh, SLC, for a chance to make it five in a row, but also, we heard the news that uh, New Mexico United next Saturday will also be a home game for you, so you get uh, another opportunity to host uh, New Mexico United, four of those this season, all here at Southwest University Park. And... Um, you know as tough as it is for them dealing with what they have right now with uh, their uh you know their ordinances and 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 what's been uh, handed down to them by their governor uh again this is uh, an opportunity for you to continue to capitalize you got that extra home match and now you'll uh, finish up with two on the road instead of three heading into the postseason
8: yeah it's always nice to play at home you're obviously always stronger at home and I do feel sorry for New Mexico, a little, but they're in a difficult situation, like you said, with their ordinances and, and things like that. It's made it difficult for them this season, but we got to take care of business. We've got to be professional and, and, and make sure we get the winner against them again and really, really kind of lock out a top position in the group. It will be difficult. You know, I mean, the, the, the remaining four games will be difficult because after that, we go on the road to Colorado and, and Monarchs again, so we've got a difficult run in, but it's it's a run that we're confident because, like, like you said, Steve, we've got momentum right now. We're, we're incredibly confident as a group. We're picking up good wins and playing well. So we our goal now is to take that through into playoffs. We don't want to stutter. We don't want to kind of lose that momentum with a loss or a tie. We want to kind of really push ourselves to win out, and you carry that confidence there into playoffs, and that's a really, really good position to be in as a team.
0: I was going to ask you, does the team seem different to you mentally, knowing that now the, the confidence are piling up, the wins and points are piling up? Um, same bunch of guys, or have you noticed a little bit of a change uh, since the start of the winning streak?
8: Yeah, there's a difference in the group. There's, 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 there's um, I wouldn't say a seriousness. It's more just a, a concentration, a focus in the group. That, that, that they They feel like now... Things have come together. The new players that we brought in you know, a month or so ago are acclimated and they're really helping us. They've taken us to another level. You know, the, the, the strength of the group from 1 through to 24 is strong. We've never had that before. So there is a different feel for the group on a day-to-day basis. There's a different confidence going into games. You know, there's a sense in the room that we're going to win today. You know, and, and I think other teams now as well are starting to feel that when they come up against us. You know, that they're coming here and they're playing us and they're changing their tactics and they're going more defensive out of respect for us because they know it's going to be a difficult game. So I think definitely we've seen a, a growth in the team um, over the last few weeks and throughout this season. And that was my goal for the season to be honest, Steve. Yeah, we want to win the playoffs. We want to win it all. But I want to see a growth in the group. You know, it's a difficult year. But can we find a way to get better? that will ultimately set us up for long-term success. And I think we've seen that. I think we know what we can accomplish now as a group. And now we want to take that one step this season and, and go win it all.
0: Awesome. I love it. I think it's terrific. I'm excited for you. I know the fans are excited as well, and um, it's going to be ter- it's going to be great. Can't wait uh, for these next few matches starting Saturday. Uh, again, folks, uh, if you haven't uh, gotten your tickets, uh, you might want to hurry because uh, they won't be around for very long, that's for sure, with Real Monarchs uh, coming into town here in just a couple of days. Coach, uh, until then, we'll talk to you right back here next week. Thanks for the time, and uh, keep it rolling.
8: Appreciate it, Steve. All the best.
0: Mark Lowry, head coach, technical director, El Paso Locomotive FC, our weekly chat here on Sports Talk. Come back with more. Stay with us here on 600 at ESPN El Paso.